Good evening and welcome back to another exciting episode of Lost in Lieutenant. I'm your host, Kevin, and on tonight's show I'm joined by fellow hosts, Nick and Jacob. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you all going? Doing well, man. Doing well. Good. That's it. Rocking this eyesight thing. We so are. It's currently, uh, it's currently Monday, uh, so we have, what, like five more sleeps <sighs> until the big, uh, the big day. I am more excited for this like, Friday uh, than Christmas. Like every single release in Australia, it will be, we'll hit the 25th first and we'll be going nuts in anticipation. Yeah. So we, I mean, we realistically, we won't probably see anything until Saturday morning, but, um, or very late the 25th. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting week. Um, Mm. we've got quite a lot to get through tonight. Um, obviously it's been two weeks since our last episode and um, CB have dropped quite a lot of interesting content but um, that's not what this show is for tonight guys and girls. Tonight this show is for us to look back over the last five or so years of N3 and our own respective introductions to the hobby because we've all sort of started around about the same kind of time and just kind of um, yeah just do an N3 recap episode, talk about all the things we liked, talk about all the things we look forward to seeing in N4 and um, yeah just reminisce about about those days before we can throw n3 in the bin for good <laughs> but, but but first we've got our usual uh sort of catch-up preamble as, as you were uh, i don't believe any of us have been playing any games but have we been doing any or unless i'm wrong but have we been doing uh, any I, hobby? I, had, I had one game uh, oh. with one of our community members angus on ttt introduced him to it um Oh, so yeah. I guess I, I really wanted one last hurrah before um, uh, N3 wrapped up and N4 came. I wanted to take a swing at uh, Tack, um, and uh, Angus, uh, as revealed on our last Hobby Night, hasn't done anything, any sort of Infinity playing since CanCon. Yeah, he was um, on the last chat, it, yeah. Not that you had, um, not that you, not that he had much of an opportunity because we went locked into lockdown about three, four months after that. And doesn't he live? He doesn't live in Melbourne, does he? Yeah, he lives in he lives in uh, uh, like past Tullamarine. Okay, so he's still in Melbourne, but he's just like out in the sticks. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't think he's quite up like Ballarat way. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but I mean that, like you said, you wanted to try out a new army on 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 TTS, and that's been one of the great benefits of, of mm. playing online like yeah. that is that you can just jump in and 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 build an army out of something that you haven't bought the models for for potentially so yeah. um so yeah it was um a good game a good last uh, little game so i can at least say they got one game in uh uh with tack it wasn't really a, a serious thing he hadn't played for a while and i hadn't played um uh, turns out, I d- and he didn't tell me this, but he had played the entire game. It, so TTS has three three views: third person, first person, and I think like above or top, something like bird's down, eye view. Yeah. yeah, he played the entire thing in first person. So it's like <laughs> him walking around the streets to try and find his model. And the last order, like literally the last order of the game, is like I've been playing in first person, and I tried it. I don't know how he kept playing with me. I would, I would have smashed my computer if I had to play the entire game. Oh my like god, that. that's hilarious! Um, <laughs> so well credit done. to him for put it. Credit to him yeah. for putting up with it. 
Um, because he he's he's <laughs> certainly not my magnetic personality that kept him there. I would <laughs> I would have flipped the table, like literally flipped the oh, table if I had to play so, like it that. It was so it was so bad. I mean, it's great. It's a great way of if you have to look at like line of sight, but I new ITS That's extra bad, first yeah. person first person mode doom doom <laughs> doom mode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know, um, but I guess we had our hobby night on Saturday. So we've been getting yeah, some. Yeah, we had another another um, online hobby night, and um, we had another probably about twenty people come through again, um, which was which was great fun. A bit more subdued than the previous one. Um, mm. I did not get blotto uh, this <laughs> time, so um, which was great because it means that I that I actually got to do a little bit of painting. Um, and also didn't wake up with a splitting hangover the next day, um, but uh, and and I actually painted some infinity things as well. Yeah. Um, Did you actually get those three done? Because you yeah yeah oh, yeah wow. I painted um I painted two Spetsnaz, the um, uh, Antipode controller and two Yaozhou, so the um using helper bots. You're on you really fire. are like a, you really are a speed king with those contrast speed, paints. Speed painting king, yeah, yeah. So the secret is that they're actually really not very good, um, <laughs> but they're done. So um, I'm happy with from, that. Far from good, but good from far. Good, from, far from good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I that's my that's my that's my dating um, profile bio as well. Just so you know. I yeah, look them up, ladies, um, <laughs> lady or one lady. One of our moms that are listening to this. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. I'll take that. My, my, no, no, well, mine does. Um, oh. Mrs. Crash, Crowl, Crowl. <laughs> um, I do appreciate your uh, corgi antipodes, though. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I painted those um in the second hobby night, I think it was, um, and because I, I was really not sure what color I wanted to go with and I'd done a few test schemes and then just didn't like any of the test schemes so when I went, sat down to paint them just did something completely different and again I'm, I'm pretty happy with it but um, I've now painted I, I had thought I'd painted everything that I had for TAC but then I found a few models that were hidden in a box on my shelf when I was doing some cleaning today so um, I do have a few more to do uh, but um, Are you um, going to be rocking TAC for N4 you reckon or? <laughs> Look, to begin with, I'm definitely going to jump back into Yujing and even potentially leaning towards Imperial Service. Um, but, I mean, that I'm not tied to that 100%. I yeah. mean, I could. N4 is going to be here for 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 a while, so there's there's time. But you you can you can lead the charge on the on New Jing when N4 drops and uh, hold back some of the some of the salty tears that will inevitably flow from. The forums and WWGC. When... I, I don't understand I don't why, understand. why all Zhijing players apparently have this salt attached to them all the time. Like, yeah, the, the I, maybe it's because I never had any of the Japanese stuff, right? So, to the, the when the when the um, secession happened and the uprising, that did not affect me at all because I was never playing any Japanese models anyway. Um, but then. Like after that happened, we got all this. Eugene got all these amazing buffs with the extra units that came out with the Invincible Army. So right now, as as it stands, we have nothing to complain about. We do not. No, no. And I um so for Hobby Night as well. My I did some some more buildings. So I've got more of the brutal cities uh, terrain that I've been busy building in my garage and 
use the weekend to put some like detail and some proper paint on them and yeah they've uh, I think they've come together quite nicely they're quite easy to paint and it's quite easy to get some nice sort of natural concrete effects um on them you know by doing a variety of kind of somewhat unorthodox like techniques you know like like you know wetting your finger or mixing it with paint and like running it up and down it to, to like you know uh, create sort of natural weathering I mean I'm sure it's not the the proper way of doing it, but it seems to give a kind of rough and ready effect, which I, I quite like. So it looks like the sort of bleeding concrete sort of. Yes, yes, a kind of bleeding concrete effect. It got a little bit of grime around the uh, the drains and, and the, the, the downpipes, which, um, which, yeah, sort of came off did quite you, well. Did you buy enough Brutal City stuff to make a full table out of it? I think I don't. I think I need scat. Well, I've got some scatter. So I got like four of those really big Van Nat, Vanaton buildings. Um, then like three kind of chunkier looking um, other buildings that kind of like set as a sort of um, centerpiece. And then I got the couple of the labs. So that'll be, they're the kind of the smaller buildings that are stackable. So they can be, you know, I can make them sort of small buildings or I can stack them up to be big buildings. And then I've got a whole bunch of those um, planter boxes. So about eight planter boxes mm-hmm. to act as a little bit of um, uh, scatter. But I think I'll still need, you know, some other, medium-sized pieces or, or small-sized pieces like um, like maybe shipping containers or vehicles, um, you know, sort of sizable scatter, I think, to make it, to finish it off. But I think the main bulk of those buildings is going to give you the, the primary firing lines and then everything else is just going to be, just going to be gravy. But um, I'm hoping to get nice. that done. I'm hoping to actually get that done probably before the end of October um, so that maybe by the time we can start playing face-to-face games, it'll be ready. Yeah. Uh, well, fingers crossed. Melbourne, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm, but um, yeah, that's good. No, mm. Awesome. So we'll, um, with that out of the way, we'll get into some of the... Um, now, obviously yeah, we, do want to talk brief, we do want to talk briefly yeah. about the um, some of the profiles that have been teased and, and a few other things. Um, if you haven't already, we did a great video last week about the Sujan, which uh, which Bostria was kind enough to give us the profile for, and uh, as well as a as a, a fun little uh, tease video that I made myself as well. So go go onto our Facebook page and check that out. Yeah, we did we, you did that tease very well, Nicholas, and uh, I see you're quite 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 impressed. Um, or I would I would imagine they would be considering the other stuff that's been dropped online very unceremoniously. Uh, it's it's good to have a little bit but against their wishes sometimes. Yeah, well, we can talk about that another time. Um, but yeah, so like a whole bunch of stuff has been dropped um, since our last episode. So we're not going to spend like we did last time going through like every other profile because, as Nick says, we're going to have all the rules in five days. So by the time a lot of you listen to this episode, it'll be old news. Um, but we did want to just kind of highlight some of the things that we saw that maybe made us excited or uh, you know otherwise caught our eye. So. Um, I know we obviously got the Corregidor, more Corregidor profiles. So we knew we were having like the Evader and, um, but we got the profile for that. So that's a really nice looking unit, sort of pseudo two wound, shock, shock immune, heavy infantry. People were really, really impressed with, but also seemed to be, uh, uh like contrasted with, oh, that just makes wildcats even shitter. Which is again like I just I don't know why people are just spending so much of their energy getting like getting salty about like new shit um, in, in a game that they have absolutely no reference point for. But I mean I guess whatever whatever gets you through the day, 
<laughs> it just it, I don't know like the the but forum the, I mean, the, the 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 Facebook page is becoming almost as bad as the forums for for um for rampant no, speculation. I, I think, yeah, I think it's 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 the situation where when with there's a there's a lack of information and people are just filling it with anything they can and if that's people filling it with their own sort of dissatisfaction or, or nervousness about what's going to happen then then that's what we get. Um, but at the end of the day like really we've just got to be a bit more patient unfortunately yeah because yeah. like i mean i looked through the stuff and i was super excited i mean i know the the one thing that caught my eye well two things that caught my eye probably most of all was the new vostok sputnik which is like a two wound uh, attack remote for for nomads which looks amazing i, I, do, I, I didn't do, i didn't I, I didn't think they needed one something like that because they've got like the, some of the best attack remotes in the game so having another one was like wow okay all, all cool of their, all, all of their attack bots can be a bit squishy I mean, armor three with one wound, no one, you know, with remote, remote presence. I wouldn't exactly call it squishy, but I get, I know what you mean. Like an extra wound is always, is always great. Mm. Yeah, but but in in general, the, like the attack remotes are sort of considered class cannons half the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas this one is definitely not. It is mm. it is a regular cannon. Yeah, and then and then when they drop the sectorial chart, it can also wild card, which was super super yeah. um, unusual. Um, but they did say the FTO can wildcard because it's um, which is good because we know there's a burst five red fury in that pro in that um, unit profile. So I'm glad, obviously, it's not that one because that would break the break the CB rule of a burst six. So, I don't know. Yeah. In front front of me, do we know what the FTO is armed with? No, we don't. No, it hasn't. It wasn't okay, on the profile. Yeah. So we just know that there is going to be a fire team option, but we don't know which one it will be. I imagine right. it'll be the maybe the um, Mark Twelve, but. We'll, we'll wait and see, but that's a really cool, really cool profile. And the other one I wanted to mention was not so much a profile, but the renders for the Grenzer and Cheerkiller box. That looks chef's kiss. I am so excited about that. Like that, mm. the pro, the poses look great. The Grenzer with his thumb up is just so nomad. Love it. Absolutely. Love yeah, it. I reckon that looks that looks sick as well. That one with the thumbs up is my favorite personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up about the uh, Corregidor is when you look at the special fire teams list, it is literally a page of wild cards. Yeah, yeah, that's only, incredible. Like, yeah, it's it's no it's no longer this can join this fire team and these two things can join these two fire teams. It's no if it's if it's special, it's a wild card. Mm. So there's like there's like ten things here, and they're all wild cards, which is um pretty to me to, to be honest i feel like it's kind of lazy i liked those the, I, I liked and i didn't like the more specific fire teams if you look at other sectorials that have really specific fire teams at the moment in n3 like um akari company or jsa akari, yeah. yeah akari company is the one i was thinking of yeah uh, where it, it really is as soon as you lose one of those members you can basically no longer create that fire team and the the reason they've said that that is is because these guys are not a very professional outfit and so that's reflected by them not being able to maintain that sort of coherency uh once they start to to lose things that's an interesting um, thought yeah okay whereas you look at this i mean have they just decided that eh, it's too difficult to make anything specific like that let's just give everybody wildcard have fun no, I, I, we've I, seen other yeah. we've seen other sectorials that don't like, i mean what's it called uh cosmoflot doesn't have a bunch of wild cards 
No, I think there have been definitely some that have been really uh, shown off lately. I think maybe White Company might be another example that well, there is quite a lot of bleeding between profiles. Even when we reviewed Assassins last week, I was quite amazed that you could now mix and match like Govids and and Muyabs and Asawira. So that was you know that was that was new and refreshing. And at the time, I think I said I was a little bit disappointed because I like the some of the prescriptive fire teams that give character. Whereas when you can now suddenly mix and match whichever way you want. It, it it kind of, I just thought it sort of lost some of its character, but then on reflection, it's like, well, now it just gives the player opportunity to build an army the way that they want to. And then that, that, which in some ways then, you know, it makes it more characterful. And also, like you yeah. say, Nick, if they remove the, if they remove this can't go here, this can go here, only one of these can go here, then you're not having that discussion with your opponent at the start of the game going, is that a legal fire team? Can you have that? And then you just go, yeah, everything is, everything is everything. So don't worry about it, mate. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, even at the, as N3 was, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more in, in depth later. But at the end three, you could see that fire teams were becoming more and more flexible as new sectorials came out or other sectorials got updated. So this is going to be the next step. I really don't think things like JSA, Akari Company, any, oh, like uh, my the one I want to see, Bakunin, uh, um, those prescriptive fire teams are going to be at the very least less prevalent than they used to be there's either going to be the case of you know a bunch of units counts as like uh, like gulams or something like that or you got the case of just a bunch of wild cards yeah well i mean in, in saying that i mean we'll just jump straight like if, if you're done there we'll just jump straight over to morats because that was another yeah. thing that was revealed right and that then kind of is nowhere near as uh, flexible as Corregidor is. Like you can look, that's you can, you can, yeah. you can compare, the, you can, you can compare the two of those, and just like purely looking at how flexible the sectorial is, you can be like, oh, Morats are really rigid in comparison. Like they're, they're definitely more flexible than they yeah. are in N three, but they're still, you know, like the Morat Vanguard inventory says, um, you know, uh, up to one Suryat can be part of a fire team core of Vanguard. Uh, I think, I, and, think that, I think their fire teams are almost the same as what they used to be. Okay, well there you go. Anyak can be part of any fire team Vanguard, Suryat, Sogorats, or, or Raichos. Now, of course, people then read that as being that you can have like a Raicho and a core link or something, which was like quickly like, no, dude, they're they're only duo, so no, they Imagine cannot do that. that. <laughs> what a ridiculous concept. <laughs> So, you know, and then like the Gakis and Pressers. Oh, sorry. But I mean, you can understand how that you could make that kind of mix up because of the way that they word these fire yes, yeah, team charts. Definitely. Because yeah. if, if, if there's one thing, if there is a prescriptive fire team where one thing can go in certain other fire teams, they list that twice to include the thing that can go into the fire team and the fire team that it can go into. Yes. So they sort of, they, they labeled the special fire team from both directions, um, which they is can, why people for a split uh, second thought that yeah. Rikos had wild card. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the main thing is that it's supposed to stop you from putting, well, I don't know why you'd want to do it, but it's supposed to stop you from putting um, Anyat in with the Hungries. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he, the, the the chart looks like you say it doesn't look that much different, but it does show that like CB are still very prepared to create you know uh, restrictive prescriptive fire teams for people, but hopefully there might be less of them or they'll be more um, less complex perhaps. Um, and look, I'm I'm going to be honest. I said this before we started recording, but I'll say it again on air because I I'm I'm absolutely fine by saying this. Um, when I watched that video from this with the studio update, 
I actually skipped. I started watching the Morat bit and I found it so boring that I just skip, skip, skip. Is there anything in here that's interesting? Nope. Skip, skip, skip. I yeah. didn't even. There was one thing that was the one thing that was interesting from the Morat release was the, the new drop suit Tariot, which was a very unusual profile. Did not expect that one coming um, because it is a an AD remote. Robot. Yeah, um, remote presence, immunity shock, parachutist, combat jump, veteran religious troop, which implies that it's actually a Morat, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, because well, it's, it's a remote, pre- it's a remote presence, so fluff wise, it's still yeah. controlled by Morat. Yeah, but they, yeah, but, yeah. but 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 by that extension, why isn't a cute? Why doesn't a cute one have that? The the idea is that it's kind of like a space marine dreadnought, right? It's like <laughs> a a. Uh, I'm serious. It's a it's a Morat that's like had his arms and legs blown off, and they've strapped him in this robot body so he can go have a, an honourable death. Um, just, just, so I'm like, just I've just got the profile in front of me now as well. It's actually only size two. Oh, so oh, you it's know tiny. what? It, it's so, yeah, so, that's, that's, that's what I say. When, oh. when it came out, when it came out, I was like, it reminds me of a Garuda, like in, in, in that size, it's a no, it's the small. Size it's, one is the small yeah, one. Yeah, it's a normal, normal thing. The number two. Size two is like the size of a normal model. Right. Regular trooper. Um, but most remotes are, I mean, apart from like, like, um, Dakini. Dakinis and Unidrons. Yeah. Um, but, but like regular remotes are size three or four yeah. generally. Which, which is why I said this reminds me of a Garuda because I can't think of any other remote presence drop troop that's a S2. Um, and it's yeah. not nowhere near as good as a Garuda because it doesn't have mimetism and mimetism. Um, which I guess is and it's not only four four move as opposed to six four move. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, like we don't see in in Morats like the Q drone or the R drone or anything like those things. They're remote, they're remote presence, but you don't see them uh, with Morat with the Morat rule. But this is obviously a Morat specific remote, which is. It's 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 an interesting profile, but it's not very exciting. Like I'm not like, oh mm. wow, I can't wait to run a mm. run a twenty seven point red fury. I mean it'll certainly have its place in Morats that at the moment only have access to a Rajat who is you know he's or was very ex- kind of expensive. It's expensive for a single wound model, you know, he, he's also very specialized, I think, in his in his um in what he can do. Uh, whereas this is more of a sort of general purpose, you know, walk on from the side blap some stuff and then if it dies it dies is, is how i would kind of um interpret this this particular unit but it's not also mm. particularly cheap i mean 22 points for boarding shotgun it's fine but it's you know it's a boarding shotgun that's armor one bs11 um you know you're going to be obviously wanting to use that to no specialist well actually there's a paramedic profile so at least it has a specialist option um for mm. a relatively cheap cost and like i i mean i know you don't want to compare I mean, it's even more so in this instance because not only would I be comparing a unit between factions, but also comparing units between editions. <laughs> but but if you, Don't but I'm going to do it anyway. If if you look at this compared to the Garuda, which was the example you gave before, the boarding shotgun Garuda is twenty one. Yeah. Twenty? How much? Sorry. Twenty one. Twenty one. Right. So the Garuda is um, already cheaper in N three. Interesting. Yeah. Thing. But we don't. But don't know, yeah. but, but but like so many caveats against that because, like I said before, that's um, me comparing not only profiles between factions, which we're not supposed to do. That's that's the cardinal rule. But I'm comparing uh, 
between factions, between editions of the game. So, yeah. like, it's even more up in the air. Yeah, yeah. We also saw the uh, the new uh, Noctifer Spitfire render, which was um, is great that they've kept he's kept his um, his staircase with him. Yeah, I, I I did enjoy that they that they pretty much made him in a like he's pretty much, he's probably the only one that I would say is just been taken from his old version and made to look better i mean CB, same, almost yeah. the same pose i mean there's like nods to old models but this is like literally like mm-hmm. let's just take his entire tactical rock and just like put it on the new model but it looks it looks great um it's a spitfire profile which i thought was um uh which i thought i think which i think is fine because i think a lot of people use the missile launcher already and already have it so having a another missile launcher um a new missile launcher model is probably not as uh useful to players as a new spitfire model so um even though they're you know they don't look that dissimilar but hopefully will look nicer in the flesh and then um the jath was another one that um they revealed so we've already seen the jath from the defiance kickstarter but this was like the first jath that we've seen that's going to be general general release and i i think Mm -hmm. it looks great um i I think it's roaring at the sky yeah Yes, yeah, that's yeah. correct. I think yeah. this one looks way cooler than the uh, render that we've seen for yeah. Defiance as well. I I, I I agree with that. I I, I looked at I, I, in my head. I was like, I remember the one the Defiance looking kind of derpy. This one looks great. Mm, he looks super, yeah, super, super angry, super mad. He's, he's got his own unique looking chain rifle as well, which I thought was quite cool because we've, yeah, you know, it's not like oh, this is just standard issue combined army Datarazi chain rifle. This is like a kind of like a really. Um, chunky looking chain rifle so that's nice it's a nice little thing to see um yeah. we also then saw some the alets couple of alef profiles so mainly the asura or oh, the asura and the naga um the asura, mm. the asura looks good it's taken a point drop uh jacob you play the asura so what do you think uh yeah decent ish point drop 10 9 8 points something like that mm-hmm. um a little bit of a uh SWC drop, I think, ju- just on the Spitfire profile. The one thing that's really nice is that, assuming that these are the vanilla profiles, you now have a lieutenant version that can be armed with a Spitfire. Um, oh, which I right. Think you could only, which I think you could only do in um, the, OSS before. Okay, so it was like the multi um, the multi rifle profile was like the lieutenant profile or something. Yeah. Otherwise, you. I mean, I mean, admittedly, if you take her as a lieutenant level two, you're taking. You're probably taking the consultant anyway. So if you flipped it around and she wasn't your lieutenant, you'd just take the consultant as your lieutenant. Right. Yeah. Fair um, enough. One way or another. But yeah. No. She's. Um, well, she's. she's so yeah, the, sorry. Go ahead. It's yeah. It's 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 a nice to see the little point drop. Um, um, but I mean, we knew that heavy infantry was going to get a little bit cheaper, and that SWC was going to change quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Naga, on the other hand, hasn't changed at all. It, I think it's almost exactly the same points, uh, exactly the same profiles. Uh, still got dogged, multi terrain, all the camouflage stuff. The only thing that looks um, like sorry, is the um is the Azura hacking device plus the hacker version. Yes. Yes, Hacking Device means- Plus. And uh, I think I remember hearing that there are supposed to be, there's still going to be upgrade programs on her device, but that's 
even more speculation than what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one thing that, I mean, because we have seen what the hacking profiles and different hacking devices, what they give you, if she's got a hacking device plus, it means she's got cyber mask. So that means you can put an Asura in a... Uh, impersonation. You're, you always could. You, always oh, you could do that before, could you? Yeah. yeah. She, oh. So hacking device plus always had that. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing is that she has white noise. Yeah. Um which is great for when for supporting it's it's I mean it's better in um OSS for supporting Dakinis. If you've got something with um MSV, you put white noise up on in front of them and suddenly they can't see. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice um it's a nice profile. And I think I, I agree with you on the upgrade side of things because you know CB have denested rules, so it would make sense for them to have like hacking devices, and then if they want to make a hacker a bit a bit spicier or, or a little bit better in different ways, then they just give it upgrade. You know, hacking device with upgrade, um, whatever it is that they might want to give them. Uh, so I would I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. But I guess on the topic of hacking, yeah, we have seen the four hacking devices that we're going to see. And in N4, uh, so we have the hacking device, hacking device plus, killer hacking device, and evil hacking device. So uh, with greatly reduced programs in all four, um, breaking out, basically breaking the hacking device and the evil hacking device into a point where the evil hacking device just has the supportware programs and the hacking device has the, um, uh, the normal stuff like Carbonite, Spotlight, uh, Total Control, okay. and Oblivion. So... Yeah, that's like they've taken out, they've taken, they've gotten rid of assault hackers, right? Yes, oh, and, and they've gotten so rid of them. Yes, yeah, that's right. A regular hacker is pretty much what an assault hacker was before, right? Yeah. And then the hacking device plus is that with a couple of extra things, white noise and cyber mask. Mm. And then the other two is just kill a hacker, which is kill hackers. And then it's got, Evo, cyber, it's like got a cyber say, mask as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the Evo hackers you, is your buff remote, but sorry, your buff, uh, your buffing hacker. So yeah. what, what I really, really like this delineation. It, it means you've no longer got this toolbox, the jack of all trades hacker, like what your regular hacking, oh, excuse me, like what your regular hacking device was in N3. Um, now, if you want to take, if you want to be able to buff remotes, you're going to have to take an Evo hacker. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to wound hackers, your regular hacking device cannot do it anymore. Um, but in saying that, from what we've seen in hacking in Code 1 when we've played it, is that uh, those hacking devices can be very effective. So I think that's going to shake things up a lot. Definitely, yeah. The, 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 the supportware programs especially is, is hacking devices yeah. were, were quite good. Um, I found I know I used to run a Bereed hacker quite a lot, and because he had everything, I would I used to try to like make him do stuff. You know, I used to try to get him to go on the offensive. But you, you quickly realize that anything with a regular hacking device is just better off sitting at the back, buffing a remote or helping with combat jumps. So they just never really, a lot of the time, they just never really did anything unless a hacker came after them. Look at the uh, look at the Dao Ying. Lieutenant level two hacking device yeah. was considered by, only by many. It was considered by many as the single best lieutenant profile, not necessarily only in Yujing, but the single best profile in the game potentially. Because yep. as a hacker with a camo state it, and and lieutenant level two, it can it could use both of its lieutenant orders to come out of the camo state and buff a remote, 
or do a hacking program to to buff drop troops or, or, or whatever it was you want and then use its second lieutenant order to go back into the camo state. So you could do that pretty much for free. Uh, yeah, so there was, no, ri- there was no risk to you to do that. It's just done and done. Exactly. And, and with the way hacking devices are in N4, that's not going to happen. So um, RIP. The uh, the dying happened. Here is one thing: Are we sure that the Evo hacking devices are only going to be on Evo hacking device bots? That's right. That's and that's the other thing we don't know is what profiles will have Evo hacking devices now. Yeah, um, I, I feel. Like I think the, that's something that yeah. you've said before, Kev, as well. That like it would probably be surprising if they only kept that in the hack, the Evo the Evo remote. As the only access to that, yeah, I, it, it, yeah would, I agree. it would it would it would be interesting because I I think I think there have been times where I've wanted and again this N three that I've wanted to take the Evo hacker, um, and they've just tended to be they take too much SWC, they're too many points, you know, they're twenty five points, they're the points of a decent ish troop, um, for potentially not a lot of gain, um, so. I do wonder if they're gonna just keep it on the bot. What are they gonna do with it point wise? It'll be. Yeah, we, I'm really we interested to see yeah, what they'll do. I'm really interested as well, and I think you know, speculation. Obviously, we can't. There's no point, yeah. right? But it, it, it is. It does sound like it would be a bit of a of a misstep to only put them on um, those evil remotes because at the moment they have no guns. They literally just sit there, and all they're gonna do is buff stuff, which will mean that they won't need to be 25 points anymore. I don't think they'd probably be much cheaper. But if they only put them on those bots, then it, it kind of, it, you know, it would make sense to, to have them on, on a couple of other profiles just to give players options if they do want to buff stuff, um, I, I personally think. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out in, I, I, in five days. I'm also curious uh, on the hacking, de- hacking device to see if they're going to preserve the existence of EI hacking devices. Yeah, so that's that's like what you mentioned before about upgrades. Potentially, they might have an EI hacking device, which just means that you get um, a program as an yeah. extra. That might be a an un. Like well, that was that was the old buff. It was just a, you got a special program. Yeah, um, which might be something that we won't see here because obviously these are just the four hacking devices. We may see other ones, but again, we don't know. But it's 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 entirely possible. Um, one thing that Bostry did mention in the seminar was regarding the combat control jump program. So um, it's something that it, it's usable in ARO and in your active turn. So in active turn, you would use it to buff your own remote, but you could also use it, use it in ARO to disrupt um, okay. your, your opponent's combat jump. So essentially, combat control jump is it's it's control jump and hack transport aircraft in one program. Yeah, on, but whereas yeah. hack transport aircraft used to be... Uh, in N3 is oh, yes. a, turns it into a face-to-face role, but the sound of things now, it just adds a neg three to the person's role rather yeah. than making a face-to-face. Which I wonder so, as well if that becomes cumulative with how many of those you've got on the table. Don't know. I, I, th- I think I think before I think before it didn't. No, it used to. It, well, it wasn't sorry, it wasn't cumulative, but you would you would have that many face-to-face roles. So if you had like two guys with combat jump at hack transport aircraft in in N three, you get to roll. You get to roll twice. So, um, yeah. but we'll we'll see. But I mean, I think I'm I'm definitely in favor of what I've seen so far. A little bit disappointed to see the hacking the regular hacking devices can't injure other hackers. But like you say, Nick, I think it does just make their role very clear as to what they can do. And I think hacking killer hacking devices are going to. I don't know. I think they're going to take a. They're not going to be as 
useful, I don't think, anymore. Um, I think they're, the what we've seen of Spotlight, its ability to do what it does, and Oblivion and Total Control, and that, you know now that you have a killer hacker, you have one program, which we're yet to see what it does. Um, but given it's only one program, where you used to be able to take three programs and then pick, pick which, excuse, oh excuse me, uh, just had dinner, to pick whichever program you wanted for the best, um, the best ability to kill that hacker. Now you may only have one. Looks like you only got one program. Then you may be. I, I feel like there will be like a. They won't be as useful. I don't think, or won't, they won't be as devastating. I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. They won't. They won't they, as the apex predator, I think they're. Um, their days are numbered. No, I think I think this shakeup is going to be see a lot more hacking taking place in the game, which I think is a net positive. So yeah, but again, like we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see where that lands next week. One thing, another thing that we saw was the Damaru. I was just um, about to mention. Yeah, the terrifying. The, the extra terrifying Damaru's now six six two move. Uh, the cheapest ones twenty points. What a joke. Yeah. One goes over thirty. <laughs> one of them goes over thirty points. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, like, sure, the twenty-point guy, he's only got a chain rifle and EM grenades, and I mean, he's got a pistol, so he can shoot. But mm. like, he's the the yeah. the devastating part is when these guys, these these power armored samurai, uh, yeah. get into close combat. So, yeah, the, the, all of them, the everything about them is just. This has just been a straight upgrade for um the damara compared to what they were before like the plus one damage i mean i'm gonna say berserk plus three don't know what it is but it, it sounds like it's good but I, I i think one of my favorite things now especially for high fizz close combat units is you if if you think you'll be okay you may as well run into enemy fire with these guys and dodge and you'll actually get there faster yeah, yeah, with a plus two inch move. Or plus, sorry, so plus dodge, two inch dodge, yeah. Yeah, so you dodge four inches instead of two on your second move. Yeah, no, I definitely um very, very excited to see. I've never mm. been a massive fan of GSA. I've just never, they've never really gelled with me. But I mean, as far as their their aesthetic and their character and, and I think how much they're universally admired, I think, in Infinity, um, having Domaru be somewhat maligned profiles um seeing this profile i'm just like yeah these these guys look look badass well costed really interesting profile loadouts um skill sets yeah really excited to see what jsa looks like in n4 if this is like anything to go by like the shikami as well is something else i'm really excited to see i think and it gives me hope because uh i i want to i want to take a look at ia and it gives me hope that the Zuyong are going to drop to be to, to make it a, like a little bit more flexible and just how you can build your army. When you say drop, you mean like a points drop or in points? Yeah, yeah, in points, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't expect to see anything about them. No. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Was was there any other bits we wanted to talk about in terms of the leaks and stuff? We've got a couple of rules yeah. here. The terrain rules. I did, rule. I did uh, want to mention one super quick thing about the Naga not changing points. Um, uh-huh. Is that it? Is that it? Looks like anything that's focused on that camouflage and infiltration sort of role is going to probably stay the same. 
So like uh, it's uh, value of mimetism and camouflage marker states is, is still quite high. So the point cost is reflected in that. Yeah, I think mm. I think as far as the new edition, right? That, that camouflage surprise attack, infiltration, mimetism, stealth is going to be valued as much as it was before. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what's what I find super interesting about this Naga profile, and again, this there's no maybe not be the final iteration, but the uh, combi rifle shock mines variant is thirty points, and the multi sniper rifle is twenty nine points. So it's you know it it's it's not a super expensive option the multi sniper. It's less than the combi rifle is. I mean, obviously you're paying a half oh. one and a half one and a half SWC for it, but Normally, that multi sniper I feel like would be in the high thirties or mid thirty, mid mid to high thirties in in N three. Um, also, also, it, also, it's lost its um, mono mines. Yeah, I did. I did see that. That's, that's sad. It's sad, but I mean, really, who who took mono mines? Like, unless you're just doing it well, for laws. Yeah. Like, yeah, they weren't they weren't um, commonly taken. So I'm not. I'm not. I mean, if they, we still see them, that'd be cool. But I just I'm not surprised we don't see them if we don't see them again. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was really happy to see uh, Nurkawel. I know people call him Nurkius, but he just sounds like a really bad, like daytime, like Sunday morning cartoon bad guy. Like his name should be Nur- like Nurkius or something. Anyway, you're about? He, is a, he is a Sunday morning cartoon bad guy. <laughs> I guess you could, I guess you've you've read uh, Betrayal, so you probably know I've all about him. Betrayal, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it. Uh, if you want to talk about the ending of it, I have to block my ears. Um, this guy I did want to briefly talk about um, in that he, I really, really like his profile. Like I really like him in Code 1. Um, Umbras are, have uh, been a long time, like awesome looking models, awesome looking, awesome background, <laughs> but they are loaded up with kit and gear and, and abilities that make them like generally high 40s um, for their points. And this guy, unfortunately, is no exception, but... Um, I'm hopeful that something like bioimmunity may make him may make him a bit more survivable, oh, given that he hasn't got that. given that he hasn't got shock immunity, which is I'm a little bit disappointed by. Um, but I mean, other than that, his profile does look pretty badass. Um, one of the problems with Umbras historically have been you can either have the Spitfire profile. Um, which is not a specialist, or you can have the specialist profile who well, who um, who has a boarding shotgun, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, like I would really like something a bit more mid range, something you can go push buttons, but also still fight in the midfield. Um, so it's nice to see finally we have a specialist yeah. that has a breaker combi, which is a great weapon. Uh, really, really, really I, like it. Oh no, no, no sorry. Um, yeah, he's got a four pro CC weapon as well, which um, if it's going by N three rules, that's like a, a throwing. A throwing um, mono sword, which is awesome. Um, wow. I, 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 I gotta admit, I do like the other one on the stupidly tall model, which is this weird uh, shuriken thing. Oh yeah, the um, yeah the like ninja massive ninja star thing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean he's yeah he he looks kickass in close combat. So I'm really keen to give him a give him a role in in N four. Uh, and the model as well looks. I really like the yeah. model. I think the like that stabbing the guy through the head thing is is. Uh, I'm really into that. I want to see more of that. I did like the suggestion that it's um, revenge for the Joan model that has a uh, Umbra Samaritan grabbing her leg as she's got like a st- sword planted in him. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's a that's a that's a pano acrylic guard, isn't it? Ah, uh, no idea. The thing that looks like it, the thing that it's killing looks like it's um. Looks you jinked me. No, it looks like to me it looks like one of those um, uh, the mercenaries. What are they oh, called? Oh, Kaplan. Uh, Kaplan, yeah. Oh yeah, it does I actually. Mm. I don't know. The trench coat makes it look like an Aquila, as does the uh, pad. Yeah. But you're probably right. Well, it's got green in it. Anyway, I don't know what the hell that is, but read, read Betrayal, maybe you'll find out. Uh, I don't have anything else I really wanted to mention. Um, Nick, did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, happy and, to move on to yeah. uh, our, our, our N3 flashbacks. And, I mean, we're not going to be talking, I mean, as mentioned before, show, the show started, there has been quite a few leaks, uh, but we're not going to discuss them because we don't know how final they are. There's yeah, plenty like, of mistakes. We don't, we don't know how credible they actually are, and... Again, we will know exactly how credible they are in five days' time. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to go on the four chan or Reddit, you'll find them or Discord or whatever it is. You'll find them there. Can we take a quick break? Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, take we'll, a quick break and we'll come back. We'll, we'll put a, a bumper in here and take a quick break and then we'll come back. And we're back for the second half of the show. We're gonna just recap. N3 and uh, all the all the exciting memories we have of, of playing of playing this game and and uh, what were we what we expect to see in N4. So we're just going to go around the three of us with each of the sort of questions that we have sort of put together and uh, give you an opportunity to, to answer them and then we'll move on to the next next host. So if that sounds good. Uh, so basically, the first one I put together was. Uh, how do you feel N3 has gone over the last five years? You obviously started playing, what, three years ago? So I guess can yeah, you just sort of... I started playing at the start of 2017, so been playing for three and a half years now. So, I, yeah, I, I started in... It was after HSN3 had come out, so basically the rules had kind of settled in place. And and when I joined the game, it, it was... It did feel like... Not that it was um, stagnant, but more that it was in a very stable place compared to where it went in those following years, right? Mm. Um, one of the things that I that I think we could all probably speak to is the way that, particularly in sort of 2018, 2019, um, CB really ramped things up with their releases, and what that meant was the game state shifted from something that seemed pretty... Um, pretty easy to get your head around, not easy to get your head around, but something that was that was fairly stable um, to and, and even sort of static to where change was almost more of a constant in the in the environment, um, which I mean had its it, its pluses and minuses in, in terms of the pluses pluses for that it meant that for for established players it, there were because there was all these new things happening and and there was 10 new sectorials that came out in that in that two-year period there's always something new around the corner the meta is always really shifting. How many sectorials came out? yeah they had five uh in 2018 and five in 2019 okay. um which which is huge yeah. Um, and for the game to like expand that much in, in that amount of time um, meant that the, 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 the game was almost in a, in a constant state of flux um, over the past couple of years uh, with, with different lists rising up, people complaining about them as they do, um, but then people figuring out how to counter them. And, and that was something that, that 
I found really interesting about the 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 way that the state of the game was changing so much, but people were still adapting to it, and 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 it was almost a skill in itself to be able to to adapt the quickest to be able to come out on top. Yeah, I totally echo those thoughts. There, eight twenty eighteen was a huge year for the game, and it just kept going from then. Um, yeah, yeah, new releases, models, profiles, changes. Even even every every ITS season change from then from that last couple of years have been quite significant as well. In their in the addition of like oh tagline season eight, uh, season nine was the da- the introduction introduction of the data tracker, and then we had uh, uh, the Xenotech and uh, tactical tactical awareness and tactical window. So just yeah, pretty big yeah, shift. I in mean, ITS. Like, like- like you mentioned with the Xenotech, they weren't all home runs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's yeah. that's another yeah, good point. Like they didn't always get everything right, C B, like they did make they did change a lot of stuff in the last three years, two two to three years. But yeah, they weren't always well received and to CB's credit, they did tend to react and, and change things and make um change things back if they weren't uh, if they weren't great changes or got or got rid of them if they weren't you know, like the Xenotech, for instance. Um, yeah, but like another thing that's uh, that happened during N3, which has absolutely shifted the state of the game, was that this podcast was born. Yeah, so. um, we're you, yeah, we're we're actually just just gone two years old. Um, like last week, I think it was. I think we yeah. had. Uh, yeah, we started in September of two thousand and eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So this is almost like a birthday for us as well. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Happy birthday, guys. Yeah, so our, our, our birthday present is a new edition of the game, which is great. Yeah. Who, can, who can ask for more? Thanks, CB. So exciting. Um, Nick, if there's anything else you want to sort of mention about that or we can pass it over to Jacob? No, I'm not really. I don't think – I mean, like, I've got a few points here that I did want to talk about that um, – but I mean, I feel like a few of us are going to, to double up on on some of these things. But like one thing that I've seen, um, particularly in the Melbourne area, is that um, the shift in the sort of player base. When I when I sort of when I came in, there were sort of these these old stalwarts in the Melbourne uh, community. A lot of them now have sort of s- stepped back from playing and it's it's almost like the the torch has been passed on to to even an almost a new generation of players in um in Melbourne the way that the 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 community has grown so much here um one one thing that that saw that saw a real uh real growth period was when just out of the blue somebody decided to create a a, a dedicated uh, Facebook group for Melbourne Infinity, which for some reason we didn't really have before. There was there was a an Infinity sorry a Facebook group that was Infinity and other uh, skirmish style games. Yeah. But um but after that Facebook group was created, um that's when we kind of really did see the community start to blossom here. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't a it was a fine Facebook page, but it wasn't very targeted, and it didn't really seem to have a have a uh, direction. It was just kind of like people would post stuff that they were painting or playing, but there was no drive in any one direction. So when this when this other one came along, and it was like it's all infinity. It just seemed to yeah, it was like became the place where everyone went for news and updates and events and general banter and connecting with players. And you and also it meant that you kind of 
got to know some of the players a bit more, a bit more because you knew all oh, these guys were playing Infinity. All oh, these guys are the admins of this page, and they actually are active on the page as yeah. So, so you know, rather than all of us, rather than the group that you're going to having like the the target audience that you're looking at is only thirty percent of the total people in that group, it moved to being a group that was much smaller. Uh, in size but it meant that everyone there was there for infinity um and from that we started seeing games pop up in in more places as well um where we've seen like i'm sure you'll talk about what goes on in house of war but also we we started to develop a group of people that were starting to play in the cbd as well which we hadn't had previously yeah no definitely i was um definitely like the last three years it's been very it's been going gangbusters actually until COVID hit, but hey ho. These yeah. these things happen, right? Every hundred years. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully, hope, hopefully this is the only one for the hundred years. Uh, Jacob, did you have anything you wanted to add or, or contribute to the what Nick's already said? I don't know. You've, Nick's hit almost all the all the good points on the head. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I, I, I started. Um, Similarly, at the similar time to uh, Nick, maybe six months, maybe even less um, uh, before him. And yeah, the the community when I joined seemed to be, um, and this may be just a matter of perspective, but it seemed to be quite small. Um, And then I I don't know what happened. Maybe we we just got some charismatic guys some or some guys really push their friends into it but i just watched this um community especially in melbourne just get bigger and bigger and bigger um to the point where um what what are we the second biggest constituent to go to cancon oh i don't know about that i mean queensland and new south wales are pretty consistent as well yeah, um, I, I, like the, my, my take on that is that when we started playing, how many people were at BCB last year? Was it 60? Uh, four, no, we had 40. 50. Really? I thought four, it was more than that. 40 or 50. I forget now. Oh, yeah. We had like okay. 23 yeah. pairings or something, yeah. yeah. But to think of at that point to host that kind of tournament in Melbourne, you 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 would not even dream of it. But then, no, the, two, you, two years you later, can feel the you can feel the back room of general games. And that's about it. Yeah, so twelve people about yeah. that. Our big, and that would the be biggest almost we're having back then were sixteen people. If you got sixteen people, that was that was a great show, yeah. and, and that then, was pretty much the entire Melbourne player base. That's right. And then to then a, a year and a half later, two years later, to be able to generate a tournament which had four times the amount. Yeah. Mm. Um. I mean, it was it was it was always interesting to watch the game change uh, when the um, when the seasons change. I remember uh, uh, things coming and going. Uh, I never got a chance to uh, deal with the plague that was the grid. Um, Julian can attest better than probably anyone here about how terrible that mission was. Uh, I, I watched one report of it, and it does seem awful having to just shoot consoles for an entire turn. Mm, I think any of those missions that had nine nine objectives were um, not sorely missed. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, no, it was. Um, it's been. It's been fun to watch uh, Infinity change um, 
and grow um, and to be caught up in that. Um, and yeah, definitely as Nick was reflecting on it, that sort of rapid growth that we saw at the, sorry, you know, in the middle of uh, me playing N3 to the end now, are we coming up to N4? Um, yeah. All the like, all the small changes we did, all the the little heartbreaks, and then the um, the um, and the little celebrations. You know, the um, uh, no wind incap- incapacitation uh, for what maybe a week. Yeah, being, I remember that change. Um, not immune to shock on heavy infantry, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh yeah, this was a bad idea," and put it back the way it was. I remember playing a game. Um, against John at House of War during the online campaign the the one in the snow Wotan or something like that no not Wotan it was one after that one after that yeah the one on Dawn was it Dawn the Karagi oh, Crisis the two islands yeah Karagi yeah. Crisis yeah it was like my hack versus his JSA and he had the uh, Diakai and this was like that brief moment where you could be like put straight to dead when you're in no ending cap and he had like like shot his uh his uh, uh, Diakai down to no one in cap or sorry shot his Diakai down to his last wound and then shot him with a sniper rifle on shock and he filled his armor save and I was like so now you're dead and he's like what I'm like yeah that was the FEQ'd last week and then like the following week they FEQ'd it back I was like sorry John yeah. <laughs> I was just following the rules um, yeah it, 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 I, th- I think one of my favorite things going into N4 is to see how um CB have obviously really listened to their uh, to their community, um, and a lot of the changes and complaints that we have right now, I think, are going to go away when N four comes and replaced with new ones. I'm sure. Yeah. Probably. There's always there's always things for people to complain about. Um. Yeah, no, I, I get you though. I think the yeah the, the community engagement in the CB in the last two three years has been quite quite great, and that's been reflected mm. in their constant updates and uh, rollouts of sectorals and uh, models, which means that they have to they have to engage the community because if they're releasing all these new all this new stuff, they need to get feedback, and um you know so that CB can then make corrections for the next one. Um, you know, yeah. uh, actually thinking about the. Uh, the chat that Pete and our, our local Pete Henry had on White Noise recently about game design. Uh, one of the points that really struck a chord with me and I'm sure a lot of other people is CB CB know what they're doing. Like they don't release something with no with no intention of releasing anything after that. It's like they don't release a sectoral and go, well, I guess we've got nothing to do now. Like they've already got these sectorals designed or these rules designed and they're they're releasing them in stages. So even though we see a rule and or us or an army, and then a year later or six months later we see another army, like CB have already had these armies ready to go before the first one was ever released. So uh, you know to to you know to sort of to think about that an, a, a company is just uh, doing things on the fly is not is not true. Um, but they still obviously have to use the time that they release something to get feedback and maybe make last minute changes. Um, I thought I was really like, it's just such an obvious point when you think about it, but I think a lot of people don't think about that. They just think that everything that they see is, is new, is, is, is as new to them as it is to CB, which is obviously not true. But yeah. it's like when, um, when the, the uprising happened and 
the JSA split away from from Eugene, right? Sure, there was six months of pain where you didn't have these profiles, but then when they brought out the Invincible Army, all pretty much all those gaps were filled and more, right? Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure that was always part of the plan. That's right. That's a good example. Yeah. It's not. It's not like it's not like CB got. It's not like CB cut GSA off from Eugene, and then was like, okay, now I guess we better design. Yeah, yeah. Now I get. Now I best. Now I guess we better design Invincible Army. Like they had Invincible Army already designed before they cut GSA off. It's like, you know, because yeah, otherwise maybe it's not, maybe they had the the high level uh, points of what it was going to be. Yes. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You're right. We we don't know, but but to think that they just do something before thinking, uh, you know, measure twice, cut once. Uh, that kind of philosophy. Like you don't. You don't you don't make a change before you've actually realised how it how, how it's affected. Sorry, that was a bit of a segue. But uh, Jacob, did you want to mention anything else? I suppose I'll, I'll leave it on just one last thing. It's um, it's been a pleasure to watch CB um, refine and improve and wow us with their mm, sculpting and model design <laughs> from. From like even the perspective of putting the models together has become easier from the ones that were produced before I got into it to the ones that were produced at the very beginning to the ones that are produced now. It's for the most part, almost every single model is effortless to put together and they all look just amazing. I mean, we've mentioned before the Grenzer and the Cheer Killers. Um, yeah. So what I you're, just, I, I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing what they'll do next. Yeah, that what they'll do next is they'll uh, they'll move to plastic miniatures because clearly oh, me- metal no. is trash. Metal is trash. Um, oh, that guy! I'm so, <laughs> so angry. Don't even talk about it. Don't even talk about it. <laughs> Metal's yeah. trash. Anyway, um, so wrong. No, I agree though. Like the metal models are the they're they've they've been getting better and better, more and more, more and more beautiful, and more and more easy to put together. Um, there's something to be said about some of the old models that are a bit nostalgic, mm. um, you know, the green stuff models. Um, we don't see maybe as much individuality in the models anymore. I don't personally agree with that, but I know some people maybe with a keener eye than I do uh, see that. But personally, I'm just happier that the models are easier to put together, even if that I can't wait, loses can't wait some to detail. See the, can't wait to see the new lizard. Mm. I don't know when it's going to come, but um, that can be your just, that can be your N four wish list for the end of the show. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you guys have covered over pretty much everything that I was going to talk about, but that's fine. Um, I was like saying, I was saying earlier today, going, when did I actually start playing Infinity? So what I did is I joined. I went back to the fir- very first Facebook group I joined that had. Um, Infinity Presence, which was the Hampton Games Club, which is where I got into it from um, Andrew Noakes. And I went back to my very first post, and it was the 25th of August, 2015. And that was, and my question was, uh, I, can't, I haven't got it in front of me now, but basically like, hey, new here, keen to learn to play Infinity, please help. And uh, that was the beginning of it. I think by the end, I think by, by September 2015, I had my first um hack islam starter pack and then i um, was playing my first like 300 point game in like october or november of 2015 and uh what i remember about those days was i think as nick said it was quite 
they, they were simpler times. I mean, the game still compl- it was still very complex for me, but I was running three hundred points, and um, this is I think this was before HSN three or just before HSN three. I can't quite remember. Um, but that those were those were those were those, those were great times. Um, I think that's when I, when I first met Julian. I think we must must have played like a hack versus combined army game way back, and there was you know not as many models. There was no killer hacking devices. I had this great um, experience of running an Asawira in Vanilla Hack, which I've never done since, and I don't think many people do run Asawiras in Vanilla Hack. But a Spitfire Nanopulsar two wound heavy infantry running into a link team of Lugarus and like nanopulsaring the whole link team and killing like all but one. And my Asawira was still standing there because I think they had viral rifles. And a, at the time, I think still is, an Asawira's BTS-9. So he's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'll, uh, I'll take your viral, viral rifles to the face. And um, yeah, like those kind of times I've been reminding myself about N4 and going, or thinking about N4 and going, man, I'd really love to run like an Asawira again. Or I'd really love to run like a unit that you just don't see in N3 anymore because it's not optimized or it's not, it's not part of like where N3 is at now. So... I guess this is more me thinking about ahead, but uh, I guess I was reminiscing today about some of my very first games um, way back in 2015, which I was actually quite surprised that that was that long ago. And then you mentioned Nick and Jacob about the smaller community. I think what it was for me was Melbourne was had several small communities. We started like a like an Eastern Infinity crew way back in the day. Well, way back in the day, like when I first started playing, of like maybe half a dozen guys in Eastern Melbourne who would meet up at people's houses to play because there was nowhere to really play other than I think Hampton on a Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, um, which was like not really that close to us. So I used to go into like a mate's house. This was in like the US um, Ariadna Ranger Force box first came out. So all of my opponents were US Ariadna or Toha. And that was that was a trial by fire. That was like learning that symbio armor, learning about McCall's, Learning that these guys get like had viral rifles and nano and nano screens and symbio mates and I was like, what? What is this fucking? Who are these guys? Like that's where my hatred or hatred, my general dislike of Toha came from, coupled with US's uh, fear of Van Zant um, early on in my Infinity career, and now I feel like those kind of things are like pale in comparison to what I like worry about now. Um, just how like much the game has grown and changed and adapted over time. Like the things that used to scare me don't scare me anymore because they're kind of more they're more normal um, sort of things. I don't know, man. I, I've been playing for three years now. I still don't know how Toha works. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't say I know how they work. I didn't say I understand them. I just uh, I just I don't I don't fear them as much as I used to or dislike them as much as I used to. Um, and then, as you said, uh, I think House of War kind of opened up the scene for a lot of people. Um, as a place to congregate, we've got. I think we've got Asher, who's a Melbourne local, a local as well, to thank for donating his tables for so many years to that store, where we could all come and play on exquisite-looking tables. And I think that also helped um, gain traction in the in Melbourne for new players because those tables yeah, look so good. Anyone who walked into House of War would see those tables because they were right at the front door yeah. and would walk past. And particularly if there was a game going on, it was always a spectacle to play on those absolutely gorgeous tables. 
Yeah, so a lot, a lot to thank um, Asher and the guys at Miniature Scenery for for their years of like donating those tables to House of War. Um, that really helped. Um, that really helped a lot of a lot of players. John, I remember playing John my very first his very first game or one of his very first, well not his very first game. I think he used to play before, but he went out of it. And I think I played him uh, at House of War with with his GSA when that GSA box just first came out. And yeah, we played a lot of games together. Um, that was like the second iteration of my Infinity career was like moving from Toha and US to playing basically just against GSA continuously. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like there was a period there where, yeah, everybody was running JSA. Everybody was running JSA, yeah. You just like, you just, you couldn't move for JSA players in the Melbourne community. Um, which, like you say, like kind of coincided, coincided with that big ramp up in 2018 where you just had like that constant churning of rules and models and profiles and, and sectorals and it was super exciting and um definitely like cb's business model of like hey a new shiny thing like that definitely got me like any two actually was probably my massive my first big exodus from hack islam i was like oh any two i have like a whole bunch of models that i've collected over the last three years oh i can make an army out of this let's start doing that i think that yeah, was another... and I think, I think making that whole uh non-aligned section was a real boon for the for for um for the i wouldn't say for the game but for it it created a place where existing players with existing um collections could look at their collection and say hmm i've got 85 percent of a a ikari company or i've got 70% 70% of what would be a decent Starco force. I just need to buy a couple more models and and I can play a completely different faction and yeah. get a completely different game experience with, sure, a little bit more of an investment, but not a huge amount. No, it was, it was, a, great, uh, it was, a, great, it was a great time. Um, and I guess, uh, uh, less or no, I guess Aristea came out in 2017, but I think as a community, we've only really started playing that. Did it come out that long ago? Yeah, I yeah. I know it came out ages ago, and well, ages ago, relatively. But we've only started playing it in the last maybe 12, 12 to eighteen months, maybe. Uh, I think I remember giving it a go when it first came out and going, ah, "I'm not really into this." But um, I think since they added more and more boxes and more and more limited edition models, that which are killer, by the way, like the, you know, the Parvati alternate sculpt, the eight ball alternate sculpt, like they're all so good looking um it's yeah it's it's great now that we've been playing a bit more arstia even though we don't really talk about it much on the show like i do think it's a fantastic game and i would like to see more of that played in 2021 um so yeah that's pretty much that um so the next one we want to come up with is a bit more fun a bit more kind of um, your individual favorite moments from N3. So this can be anything like a battle, a, a game, a, a dice roll, a um, Saturday night after tournament drinks. Like, Nick, what was your high, like, standout highlight of oh, N3? I went first last time, Kev. Oh. You can go first. This okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll just be kind of lame and just say probably run helping to run BCB last year was probably the, uh, like, favorite moment of N3, even though I had to, I wasn't there for the whole thing. I had to go to a wedding, unfortunately, but the, um, honestly, the preparation, the planning was really a lot of fun. It was like spurred on from the success of Novacore and we had 
three months to organize it, myself uh, and the two Chris's and knocked it out really quickly. I remember us like, I think we were all on the on the group chat trying to think of a, of a name. And like, we had all these like random like names, like Dark Noise was first floated. And they, they were trying to think of something that was like Melbourne related. And uh, you had all these sort of derogatory things about Melburnians. And it was just like, no, that's not going to work. And, uh, you know, and then in the end, I remember I used, it's a silly story, but I used to like work with a guy who was like a tagger, like, you know, he would like graffiti. And he used to like, he used to like tag on like road signs, Burn City. And I was like, what the fuck's Burn City? And he was like, oh, it's Melbourne, like Melbourne, Burn City. And I was like, really? Is that a thing that people say? <laughs> and I was like, okay, sounds good. Let's, let's call it that. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it. we've got a personal personal story of um, coming up with a uh, brand name because they're always interesting. It's it was so yeah because I remember like I think I put it to the group and I was like has anyone ever heard of Melbourne being referred to as Burn City and everyone was like no I was like okay can we call it Burn City bro <laughs> it makes sense I'll give it to you tagging friend it makes sense I think there is a I think there is a rap song like a underground Melbourne rap song um, that is entitled like Burn City so um, you yeah, can check that out on Bandcamp um, Burn City Brawl was actually a year ago today i think it was because i got all the notifications on my phone uh saying like the memories came up from the photos oh, i took a year ago yeah right of course so, yeah so popped up to show me all the photos of the tables and, and where uh, my hidden employment models were in those those five great games that we were able to have last year but we couldn't have this year unfortunately uh, yeah unfortunately it was, it was such a good yeah it was such a great weekend and, and i think the the positive feedback that we got from everybody at the event is especially all the interstate players as well was really heartening and really got us like pumped for running it this year but you know world events meant that we couldn't unfortunately but uh, that's that's probably my favorite uh, moment and i guess as a sort of uh, honorable mention would probably be um uh going drinking with gavin bateman at the uh, after the first day of HeroCon last year and seeing how much that guy could put away when he put his mind to it was uh, something to behold. That was a that was a very memorable night. So thanks for that, Gav. Um, Jacob, what about you, mate? Um, I don't know if I'm being more interesting or more boring, um, but probably my first CanCon. Um, uh, as we've uh, mentioned when we did our episode on it, uh, managed to get to top table. Uh, on my first CanCon with um, uh, Steel Phalanx, so I don't, I don't think many people saw uh, saw that coming. That was your first CanCon, um, was it? I didn't know. CanCon. Ah. Yeah. So, wanting results for the next CanCon, but um, yeah, yeah, you, it uh, was. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to be happy if I, you know, you know, won two, drew one, lost two, or something like that. But no, I was. Um, I uh, I did re- I did really well. Uh, got up to the uh, ta- uh, the top table against Lachlan. Yeah, Lockie Carter. Correct. Um, and I mean, well, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever. At that point, I didn't care. Um, uh, lost that game, but uh, I think I think what really made it for me is um, I don't remember you two that much, but Julian went insane. Yeah, um, like for you getting on top he, table. He was he was almost being like a um like a sports coach. 
Um, oh, yeah. He was like, okay, you got to have some food now. Are you going to be ready now? And like, we go <laughs> back to the hotel. We were staying together. He's like, okay, time to go to bed. I you know, get your sleep and all this sort of stuff. He went nuts. Oh, yeah, because um, you, you two were staying together. Um, yeah. You had to put um, up with the the, Julian's, Julian's and the smell <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I, there was a lot of pat on the backs um, from um, like uh, you guys and all that sort of thing. I did get to shout out at that CanCon um, loss of Lieutenant because that was a time we had the prize for the um, patch from one of our fans um, in the US. Oh, and yeah. So the first person to loss of Lieutenant got that. Oh, that's uh, right. That was loads of fun. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we ran competition and said that the first yeah. the first person of the entire tournament who found themselves in Lost Lieutenant that won, a, won, won our yeah. special prize. So yeah, so I was I was playing and uh, I think Chris Parsons is the one who won it. Came up and poked me. He was like, "Hey, I'm in Lost of Lieutenant." I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I get the scream, "Lost of Lieutenant." We gave him. Yeah, that was a really exciting. Um, of, event for me um, you know get, even getting to see like the australia like i mean i don't know if the previous ones we got it but now that we've got our uh, australia own uh corvus belly um seminar uh which is always is always cool to be the first person to hear about something yeah, that was like that was like the first the first thing the one that CBA had done. It was Australia because we we're so far away. Um, so that mm. was like Australia started that whole um, Bostria uh, Bostria uh, seminar type thing. So that's that's quite cool. Um, yeah, so I I think that's probably been the the highlight of my um, Infinity career. Would be yeah that 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 first CanCon. Um, Really, probably solidified me. Um, if not a lifelong uh, Infinity player, I'll be doing it until I'm probably too old and senile to actually play it properly. I look forward to those days. I don't, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Nick, what about you, mate? What's your highlight? Yeah, so, like, I mean, like you say, there's been so many wonderful events that we've all been able to um, to attend, and CanCon is one of them, and Burn City Brawl here in Melbourne for us to be able to host such an amazing tournament uh, with such to, such great people and so many people come from interstate as well, which was fantastic. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the uh, what is now the biggest tournament that uh, that's held in Australia, which is Novacore in uh, in Newcastle, which is my hometown. Uh, so it was really great to be able to to head home. Uh, to see the family up there as well as uh, be in a room with uh, 100 other people uh, enjoying and celebrating this amazing game that we all that we all love um, we they've got a, a great venue up there that they have that tournament in and uh, Gavin Bateman is just an absolute champion to, to put on such an amazing event so I actually went to uh, the previous year, last year was the first Novacore, right? The pre- previous years it had had different names. The year before uh, was Battle in the Vines. I yeah. went up to that. I was the only person from Melbourne who um, who who made made the trip up. I think it was probably a forty person tournament, um, but it's still pretty decent size. Uh, and then I, I'd made the commitment then and there that the following year, whatever went on, we're getting a crew up 
from Melbourne. So I think we ended up having about a dozen people head up to Novacore uh, last year. And um, it was just absolutely amazing show from uh, from the Melbourne crew to uh, to get up there and, uh, and 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 throw throw some dice around. Um, so in terms of an event, like it's just the 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 spectacle to have a room full of fifty tables, all with the full gorgeous terrain everywhere, uh, to be able to see that and 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 celebrate what what it is to play this game is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, that in was terms a, of like sorry, I was, sorry just, I was just going to echo. Yeah, I was just going to agree. Yeah, that was that's probably hands down my favorite event I've ever been to. Um, I, like from a community, from the organizing point of view, from uh, how the community got together for it, how there was a bar right there that you could get like pints of beer for like relatively cheap, how we were like a stone's throw away to it from our hotel, how much drank, how, how much we drank on the Saturday night, on the Friday night, like just everything about it was perfect. Actually, the only thing maybe that wasn't so good was there was, I think there, was, there wasn't a door on the toilet stall in the men's room. That was the one thing I'd be like, mm, next time. Yeah, so um, that was absolutely amazing. And unfortunately, like basically every other tournament this year, Novacore had to be cancelled. Um, but hopefully it comes back uh, just as big next year in 2021. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to to sort of talk about in terms of highlights for N three, um, like like I say, I was a, 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 I was a newbie just a few years ago, um, and uh, but at Burn City Brawl last year, I ended up uh, at on a table in second round up against uh, Ben Addison from uh, from White Noise podcast and uh, who'd come over from Perth. And like I'd put that game down as my number one game that I've had uh, in the whole time that I've played Infinity. Ben is an amazing opponent to play against. I know you've played him, Kev. I'm not sure if you've had the had the pleasure, uh, Jacob, but I know Kev, you've played uh, him a few times. TTS. I'm pretty sure I, I, I played him on the, uh, the TTS league that we got cr- uh, thrashed in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The, um, because it, because the, I think that was the whole thing is I haven't yeah, played yeah, Ben yeah. yet, so I have yeah. to play Ben. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's an absolute gentleman um, to to play against, and it was such a great game. The mission was um, acquisition, which is the type of mission where you want to go second, right? Uh, because it's all scored at the end of the game. You need to have models touching certain points on the table. The and, tech um, one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's got it's got like two things on the side that are called one thing, and then one in the very middle that's called something else. I can't remember, but um, the um, Ben won the lieutenant role and he chose deployment, uh, and which meant that I was on the back foot to begin with, but mm. had the first turn took with the Sujan, just dominated the alpha strike. And then, uh, like from there, just everything just panned out perfectly for me. So it was, um, it was a really great game mm. and, um, hopefully I get to throw dice with him again at some point in the future. Excellent, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, ben is a great, Ben is a great player and a great guy. Uh, oh, one thing I, dis- I guess we didn't, none of us mentioned for highlights of N three, and I guess you mentioned it earlier, Nicholas, was uh, starting this podcast with you guys. Uh, it's also a highlight of N three, given that we are um, none of us who started the podcast, except maybe Julian, would uh, would say that we were um, veteran players or in any way, any in, in, in any way. Uh, 
license to to give our opinions about well give our opinions about a game to be taken seriously but we did it anyway and um it's been great somehow we got taken <laughs> seriously somehow yeah but, people well, about us. like i mean we we did kind of in terms of what we produce as a podcast like we we do have a we feel a bit of a different space that doesn't have sort of a dominant player in that specific niche really like if you look at what white noise does they produce their they do their interviews they talk to top tier players they talk to i mean they they had pete on last week talking about game design um which is a bit of bit of left field in terms of um uh the type of content that you might expect from from this type of podcast but they have all sorts of different people um come on whereas us it's it's just our our group there's there's five of us and we basically every couple of weeks we'll throw up some ideas to see what we want to talk about jump on and 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 basically talk um for a couple of hours with really minimal editing um throwing our our thoughts and and our, and our opinions about what the what, what the game state is what that particular topic is um and um we try and have a bit of fun with it as well which yeah. i think is really important um we're not we are not we do not take ourselves very seriously um and yeah i mean i i i, I enjoy i enjoy doing it um and uh i hope our listeners get something out of it as well it has been it has been a it has been a learning curve and it has been it has been uh, thoroughly enjoyable working with you guys and also like getting to know getting to know the listeners out there as well and uh, giving them giving them someone giving them something else to listen to our rambling non nonchalant discussions on the game that we love uh, <laughs> I, I will i will mention another one of uh, my favorite and three memories was Ah, oh, shit, what tournament was it? Um, it was me asking on the Infinity Reddit for help with the Yujing army and being recommended back to the podcast in which I had, uh, sorry, not Yujing, uh, Yadu army, then getting recommended back to the episode of Wassif Lieutenant where I talked about how to make an OSS army. Yeah, I thought so, that was. I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious when that happened. Oh, I, 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 I mean, I sent it to you guys on Facebook, but I, I hope you all had a good laugh at that. We are um, world famous. Yeah, that was. Well, no, well, I think it was another Melbourneian that um, said, "Hey, look, this podcast just had it all talk about it." I was like, "Don't listen." I was like, "I don't want to <laughs> don't listen." Li- to my don't, li- don't listen to me. Um, well, it, it, yeah, it was because I wanted to run I, whatever tournament it was. I wanted to run Yadu, um, which I, at the moment aren't good. Uh, I'll be excited to see what they um, are in N four. Great segue, actually. Probably brings us, yeah, which yeah. brings us up to up to what are you hoping? Uh, what are you most looking forward to in N four? So uh, I guess we'll go like back around. So Nicholas, it's, do you want to start? It's Jacob. No, it's Jacob's oh, Jacob. Turn to go okay, first. Jacob's turn. Ah, to go first. I was, I was, I was hoping to be. Per- per- perpetual middle child um yeah so um i mean i I mean i love i love aleph um um, and there are some units that i'd love to look at uh look of i love the look of um that i'd love to be able to put on the table and know that i'm not going to struggle um i know i i try not to be a win at all costs player um i don't think i'm very good at it but i try um, and so that sometimes prevents me from 
trying new things or putting and testing something during a, like a tournament, a more serious, um, uh, a serious setting. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the, um, some units get uh, rebalanced. I think we can all think of a unit in our respective favorite armies um, that we haven't touched with the 10 foot pole for a long time. Um, and so those things, I mean, on top of my head, obviously comes uh, the Yadu. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? What's, what's your like unit that you wish was more? Like you got more, it, they were either like cheaper or more bang for your buck, sort of thing. Uh, for me, I think um, there's a lot. Of, there's lots of units in Hackers Lamb that I would love to see used more um, outside of their own sectorals. Um, Zaden are quite a commonly thrown around unit that is pretty garbage. In like, I think the design is there, but the execution is lacking. So I think just a bit of tidying up there to make them a bit more usable. I think I think the worst part about Sayadin as well is the fact that their models are absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. and yeah. so so you you want to see them, you want to want to have them painted, you want to see them on the table, but because they just like they're really suboptimized, uh, as in not optimized at all, <laughs> yes. uh, then then you simply don't see them when they're such gorgeous models. It's a real shame. Yeah, I, I mean, another example I'll bring up, and these are a bit older models, so they're a little bit uglier, um, but the Reverend Moiras are just they're too expensive for a single wound model. One mistake and they're gone. Yep, yeah, um, no, definitely. So anyway, I, I, I'd, li- I'd like to see, and I, 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 when I look at the inv- uh, the inv- invaders, or evaders, sorry, um, I can see that probably the Yadu are going to be shifted to that area of being more useful what what do you um, currently not like about yadu because i've seen them used in vanilla alf before and i think they're pretty good oh look i it, what i really want is i want to run them as a core they're actually pretty good with um an azura like like an azura shakti and the nco are really good so you want to see them in um, oss as like you want basically uh, not to put words in your mouth what but an at alternative the moment to really that's right yes so that's that's what we're ho- i think we all agree as what we yeah. want for n4 is to just see more diversity or not diversity but to see like um, someone not be afraid to take another option for their um their core link yeah and i'm also after seeing the domario i'm looking forward to close combat focused armies mm-hmm. um the, the the upgrade of a lot of um, heavy infantry to 6-2 means that, I mean, well, I'm going to use Domarez as the example. I'm going to find it easier to get into combat. Um, they're going to find it easier to move and shoot that. I like plus one damage, and uh, on the Spitfire, Lieutenant is, is going to be good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, close combat armies uh, get a bit of a boost. They, that, that dodge, I love. I love the yeah, idea act, of that active turn, active turn dodge move. Active turn dodge moving, I think, is going to make a massive change to how uh, um, to how armies are able to engage. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm really. I mean, I've got JSA. Uh, I'm really excited to um, run Achilles because nothing will slow that man down now. Uh, except, uh, um, except maybe like. 
like a missile launcher. Being, di- being discontinued. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I won't, anyway, I won't, I won't go into it. And um, I, uh, oh crap, I had one more. Oh no. Well, maybe while you're thinking about that, I'll just jump in and just give you a quick, like more more generally for me, you know, I just, I just want to see the community um, just get excited about building army lists again. I feel like um, even though CB has been throwing out new and exciting uh, units and sectorals for the last, you know, few years, I do feel as though, uh, you know, there has been a little bit of stagnation in what is perceived as being um, optimized and what is perceived as being a min-max and what is perceived as being like the, the way you build a list to win a tournament. I mean, I know we, we, we pride at Infinity on being quite creative and you can build a list um, in a way that you like and you can do fairly well with it. But I, I do feel like the the per- pervasiveness of, or the propensity, what's the word I'm thinking of? There's like the just the ability for many armies to have 17 plus orders with, uh, you know, with one amazing beat piece being powered by a whole bunch of um, cheap batteries. Uh, you know, it's just... That seems to be a way a lot of armies run these days, and I just would love to see a little bit less of that, or a little bit more of, um, you know, these malign profiles coming off the coming off the shelf, and and people being people using them uh, as opposed to not using them, like having a reason to use them. Because as we've said before, um, these profiles that sit on the on the, on your on your shelf gathering dust. They might not be used because a they're maybe not very good profiles in their current um, iteration, but also the way that the game is quite commonly played and competitively played, those pieces don't see table time because there's just no space for them in your army list. So I'm um, really looking forward to seeing seeing that. I know as a hack player, I've got an, I've got an Odalisk Spitfire that's on my painting desk. I've got an IR shock marksman rifle. I would love to be able to run both of them in a list and they and actually enjoy it as opposed to run them to see if they're not shit or, you know just just to sort of as an experiment so very excited to try that coming into n4 um and in addition to that would be uh, more hacking uh, obviously i think we all agree more hacking is is good um killer hackers you know have kind of put regular hackers away for the last couple of years so it'd be good to see more diverse hacking going coming out there um more even more limited insertion like limited insertion should be celebrated should be an option for many armies as opposed to something that you do because you want to try something different or because certain armies can do it i would love to see more limited insertion ariadna um you gotta be careful we don't want julian to leave the podcast (laughs) like i don't think there's anything wrong with it i mean like in the current n3 environment sure yeah sure limited insertion ariadna is a little bit of a meme like i wouldn't say it's bad but i don't think any competitive player worth their salt is going to run like a vet kazakh core and expect to win events with it but i would love to see that be running n4 um like more seriously anyway um and and with that uh with obviously the less the slots being less like sorry we're only having 15 slots now um i would love to see less not less not so much less core links but the the fact is you have less core you have less slots to fill in right so therefore maybe having four fusiliers and an orc maybe isn't the way to go anymore um i know we've had a lot of players experiment with using like two three-man links and more duos um, duels are duels are a really like interesting way to like flavor 
uh, an army, but it's not often they're taken because the duels that are out there are yeah generally quite you know they're like oh yeah they're kind of good but they're not like Val runs duels because he's Val but I think they're really interesting so I'd love to see more more of that on the table whether or not that's going to happen whether or not that this is just me wishlisting but I think given what we've seen so far I wouldn't be surprised to see more people experiment with flexible three-man cores and and Harris's and duels as opposed to blob of five guys and then individual beat pieces um, yeah I, I mean on on duos there I'm, I'm, my sort of opinion on that is that in the n3 environment you wouldn't really take duos because the only benefit that you get out of it from the link team bonus perspective is that it is more order efficient to have a duo because you're spending one order to move two guys but you don't yeah. get any other benefits above that really yeah. um but in the N4 environment where you might want to be looking for order efficiency uh, in much more places now because you don't have the alternative of instead of being efficient, just having lots and lots of orders, mm-hmm. um, mm. that, that, you, that, that, that could drive us to see more people using duos uh, because they do have that inbuilt efficiency, right, uh, to get those two models up to a place that they want to be. That's a yeah. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, didn't think about yeah. that initially, but yeah, you're right. The environment might make it naturally more of a fit, but who knows? Um, yeah. Like as like I think we said this off air. Uh, now that um, you know, I would I would I've always I've always I've always wanted to see more duos in vanilla armies. Like you can currently do it, but it relies on you having an evil an evil. Um, hacker on Neither the table that has to spend its time then in you've team pro then you've got to do then you've got to do the team pro then of course you've got to obviously build a list that has a, you know that has duels and then you've kind of yeah. got to have them in the position to be you know it just it just feels like it's just too many steps and no one no one really does it yeah. uh maybe outside of akari who you know benefit from it because of their prescriptive link teams but um i'd love to see that i'd love to see duels in, in vanilla just as um, you know, because you don't get any real benefit from it other than order efficiency. Okay. Um, so I, and I think that might encourage uh, more list, uh, different list ideas. But that was just, yeah, that's, that's just that's just a wish list. I don't expect it to happen, but I don't see why <laughs> it couldn't. Yeah, that makes me wonder whether I mean, if they if they do do that, the only the only duo that I ever saw any point in, it, and you never ran it anyway because it was too difficult. It was too difficult. Was Achilles and Patroclus? You took Patroclus because he could throw smoke. Achilles couldn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering whether now we'll have we'll see Juro like let's say on the Azura or anything else that comes out with um, Fire Team Duo on them, uh, able to carry along, you know, a toolbot box or something there to give it that um, the ability to move along with something that's almost like having a slave bot. Yeah, there's quite a lot of duels out there. Yeah, and uh, even uh, even a bunch of tags have got duo, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. to carry and along an engineer like uh, the the Guija carrying along. Oh, uh, what's his uh, name? Crit the pistol. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but all, like I mean, we might end up in an environment where duo tags is actually the dominant meta. <laughs> Good God, <laughs> Rob, Rob Rob Cantrell's already ahead of the game here. He's <laughs> buying four Zeodrons as we speak. <laughs> Just multiple multiple tag lists. That's 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 what we're gonna see. Jesus Christ! Oh man, I'd love it. I'd love it. Uh, sorry, and, yeah. uh, that's all I had to say on that. Nick, uh, yourself. 
Yeah, like I mean, I, I don't want to go into sort of looking into the crystal ball or anything as to to what um, I think we might see in N four. But one thing that I am looking forward to is um, reestablishing the community of of players that we've got here, and and even seeing that grow. Because in my opinion, what they've done with N four is, and and particularly with the the code one and N four. Uh, sort of duality, whereas before, if you wanted to get new people into the game, you had to sort of run a dumbed-down version of N3, and then there'd be a big leap into the full N3, which is can be quite of a shock. Yeah. Um, whereas now there's an obvious ramp to start at Code 1, uh, get your head around the game, and then move into N4, uh, where everything that you've learnt in Code 1 still exists in N4. It's just extra rules on top of that, which... Uh, the way that the profiles are laid out now, the way that the rules are hopefully spelt out makes that transition a lot easier. So I think the game itself is absolutely primed to really explode. Yeah, I and, think, um, yeah. And, and, see, and see more new players come in because the way that, they've, the way that, that, it, that it has been put together, it, it makes it easier to facilitate that. Yeah, I think it's still very much a, a, a very, uh, quite big... Um, Trans uh, steep learning curve from code one to N four, but like you of, said, of it's it's been written in a way that it, at least it's prescribed. Like, at least it, this is how you start, as opposed to, you know, you might teach N three to a newbie different to how I teach N three to a newbie. You might not you might not use link teams for the first little while. Maybe I will up to three man link teams, or uh, you know, and then before you know it, the player is confused by all the different. Um, ways in which he's been taught where this code one it's everyone knows where this person's come from so they know where where, where they can be taken which might be a little bit easier than going here's a three inch thick rule book have fun yeah and so like the existence of code one i think is a massive boon for the game in that it's there to to bring new players in infinity is not an easy game to learn i don't think anybody I don't, I don't no, no, I don't think anyone really wants that because if it's an easy game then that's not that that means that there's been too much of what we love about the game taken away right we yeah. don't want the game to be easy we want the game to be as accessible as possible though so that you can grow these communities and get new players in I think code one does that amazingly um, I've said it before but I'll say it again that um, everybody who complained about not liking Code One and not getting into it were all veteran players who weren't the target for that anyway. Mm. Um, so the, the people who complained about Code One were people who wanted N four six months early, which is not what they were going to get. Mm. Um, so uh, the environment that we've got in that space, in terms of having this on ramp, I think is absolutely amazing. But uh, I guess. And, it, oh, sorry, Nick. Go ahead. And just add, add, add to that point um, about uh, Code 1 and veteran players. I mean, I think if you're a veteran player and you have chosen not to play Code 1, you're doing you're doing yourself a disservice um, because that is, as Carlos has said, that is the engine which N4 is built on. So if you expect to teach new players and you're not, haven't already learned Code 1, you're kind of, you're kind of starting a little bit back in the, on the starting blocks there compared to those of us who have played Code 1, because you hear those people who are like, oh, should I play Code 1 or should I just wait for N4? I don't want to learn another rule set. You're like, well, you're not learning another rule set. If you just learn Code 1, it's Code 1 plus. It's not like you learn Code 1, you learn N3, Code 1, or N4. You learn Code 1, and then 
you add on rules to learn N4. Um, so I, I'd, I would really hope that we see Code 1 be played in the community once we can get back to face-to-face games um, as, as a slow grow, as like introductory tournaments or introductory uh, leagues and then um, and veteran players, well, I would hope, would, would kind of embrace that uh, way rather than using the current hodgepodge of limited um, whatever the uh, the uh, way that the, we used to play it with the Recon, Infinity Recon, uh, you know, which was an unofficial rule set which, which had its own problems. So, um, sorry, I was just want to add the onk. It still, it still frustrates frustrates me when I see people on the forums and on Facebook going, "Oh, I didn't didn't realize that was a rule." And I was like, "Well, have you played Code One?" No. I'm like, "Okay, well, that's why you don't understand that rule." Like, you get play Code One, <laughs> play yeah, Code One. That's my uh, thing. I mean, play Code One. I, I would have been in that camp if I didn't have the game with you, uh, Kev. You and I had a game of Code One. Oh yeah. Um, on TTS. Yeah, it can put it. it sorry. On, sorry, I'll just say on, on TTS. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. TTS, um, and yeah, it completely changed uh, my mind on it, um, and it, it gave me more hope for N four because the game I played in Code One was faster, it was easier to understand, there was less confusion about line of sight and cover and how things um, should or shouldn't work. Um, it was just so it was it, right. It was just sort of a, a simpler, a little different um, N3. And all I could think after playing that game of Code 1 was okay, so CB really do have their heads screwed on right. Um, and if N4 is anything like this, it's going to be a, only, only a positive for the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, not to jerk CB off too hard, but yeah, I mean, like we think we have, I think we, you know, we on the whole we are pretty happy with what we've seen so far. Uh, even even Julian's grumblings, I think he's still like he is, you know, he does he will still say in private that he is excited for N four. Mm. So yeah, not that I'm speaking for Julian. I'm sure he'll be like, yeah, fucking, <laughs> it's fucking shit, mate, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, that, and yeah, that's all I basically wanted to say. That I'm I'm happy with the direction the game's going in. I'm happy with where where it's at right now, and hopefully, I'm still happy in a week's time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I probably should have actually done done this the other way around. But the the last question that we had for everybody was what you hope we won't see in N four, which I maybe we should have like ended on a high note. But uh, I guess we, we, you know, rather than say what we, what we shit about in three, it's just like what, like, we, we've, I guess we've already touched on it, right? The simplicity of rules, the denesting of skills, right? Yeah. We already know those are things we're going to see in in four. But I guess just to like add a, add a bit of a, add a bit, add some hot takes, add some things you just, you just do not want to see in in four when the army builder drops, when things like go up, like what is something you're just like going, oh, fuck, please, please hope this isn't in the game. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, mm-hmm. Something that, I mean, I know we haven't seen this in a little while, but I hope we never see it again, which was the Xenotech. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, still have, I still have nightmares about failing uh, order after roll. order of, of whip 13 or whip 12 or whatever it was, failing whip rolls for, for nothing. For so, days, yeah. That was, that was a yeah. traumatic time for all of us. Um, anything else you want to add there? Well, that's the only that's thing. It. Yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, Jacob, did you have anything you wanted to 
you were in particular I mean, that you were I mean look the the what CB has dropped on us um so far has meant that I think anything that we've ever had any grievances we've had with N3 N4 looks like it's going to address um I just I just hope that in the spirit of what they did in N3 addressing some issues uh the best one I can think of is like the super jump shooting a model in the back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah good one All right um if if that comes up, um, so this is not really on CV. This is on on us. If something like that comes up, I think at this point the community should understand that if we have this weird rules interaction um, that CV uh, has not covered, just so acknowledge just, it and move past with what it should be. So yeah, rules as written versus rules as intended. Yeah, but I like I can't I can't think of anything I don't want to. Th- uh, see carried over into N4 that CB haven't already said tags taking cover there. behind fire hydrants because apparently that's going to be you oh, know like yes. oh, everywhere it's going to be pervasive I, I've forgotten about that I, w- I want an answer to that that's I've never one thing I'm desperate to hear about when was the last time how in the world they're going to handle that when was the last when was the... who going to handle it they've, they've said it if 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 you and your opponent agree that a fire hydrant causes uh, gives gives everything cover then yes the tag will get cover behind the fire hydrant is that a problem but, no because wait, at the start of the to, game do you have to say every do you have to say it gives cover to everything or nothing or do you are you able to say it doesn't give cover to tags well, I don't. I don't think you would. I don't think there's a point in making that specific distinct distinction to say that a model that is size six can get covered behind this, but a model that's size seven cannot. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the. Di- I never thought about the difference between the six and seven. I'm talking about the difference between but S one and S one and two. Draw the line somewhere, right? So, so what about S five? Does S five get covered behind it? Like, the, the point is, if it's if it's considered as terrain then it grants cover. So you just say that fire hydrants, they're, they're, a, they're, a, a, um, they're a, a decoration on the table. It's yes. not a piece of terrain. That's it. But then that... I no mean, one gets covered how many, tables, how many tables have we played on that have scattered terrain on them? Well, no, uh, 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 hang on a second, right? Because this is the thing that I found hilarious most, more than anything else. It's why would somebody choose the term fire hydrant? I haven't seen many if any fire hydrants on any table i've ever played on so it's the fact that someone chose the fact that somebody chose a specific piece of terrain uh, ash's table in uh house of war had plenty of hydrants on it what do you recall as a fire hydrant well the like american one like the round red the domed red thing i've never seen those and even if and if you know what and you know what if they're on the table just fucking remove them or if you're worried about scatter in more general terms, just don't have one cardboard box sitting in the middle of a fire line. Put it up against yeah, other cardboard boxes think, to I make think, a bigger piece. Yeah, that's right. What it's going to mean is that when you are building that table, you're going to have to be more specific about where you put these pieces, right? You're not going to have little pieces of little cardboard boxes or little crates all over the place because that's going to give everything cover or everywhere. What you need to do is have a pile of them somewhere and then have a, a road that doesn't have cardboard boxes all over it. Because when I walk down the street, I don't see cardboard boxes all over the road. That's that's that, that's how I that's how I look at it as well. Uh, I, I mean, it's just like, common sense. 
Like, because it's gonna affect, it's gonna affect, it's gonna affect a lot of tables. I've got heaps of scatter terrain, right? My my compound table is like littered with it, but I'll just have to, I'll just have to bunch them up a bit more. I mean, to be honest, if anything, it makes it look more realistic. You know, like this is an actual working yeah, ammo dump as opposed to like there's just some random boxes scattered around the place. You know, that's yeah. I mean, sure, fine. I suppose that solves the problem of if you've got a a dustbin. Um, or, uh, or or something like that, but like I know plenty of tables we've played on that have sort of a a low wall that would would cover a like if you talk about it in being realistic, then it would easily cover a six foot human, but would not cover a twenty meter tag. Yeah, like I don't know how to, um, I don't like, know how to do that. You I just... mean, un- 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 unless it's literally an Achilles tag, and the only vulnerability is in its ankles. Um, I don't I don't understand why they've got a perfectly good way of taking it from code one to N four, which is if the terrain itself is a third of the height of your mod. No, it's N three, not code one. Sorry, from code one to N four. No, you mean N three, N three to N four because code because, one, code one gives so, you cover so, everywhere. So, yeah, and and that's like you just you just said that, like with the example you're giving of N three, thirty percent being a perfectly good way to do it. No, 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 that's 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 not thirty percent. That's it's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Is th- that was a pain because it depended on the shape of the terrain and trying to figure out whether that was a third. All I'm saying is now just have it based on the literal height of the terrain itself, it's how tall it is. That's no. current. That's currently. So that, that's currently not a rule, though. Yeah. So, but but I mean, the issue with that, I mean, like we're we're debating over rules that Jacob's just made up. So, well, no, we know what the true actual covered rule is. Exactly, which is not what you've just said. No, it's 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 any any cover at all because if you say it's got to be thirty percent height, that means that something that was coming around a corner. Would not be able to get cover because that's no height at all. Wait, what? But the building will be taller than that thirty percent. Yeah, but the bit that's poking out isn't on the thirty percent height, so it's you, you, they've they've got to draw they've 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 got to draw the draw the line somewhere. They they've drawn that line. Yeah, but they, what they, this, they, what this what means I'm, is they've that they've literally drawn it on their silhouettes. There is a line on their silhouettes that shows how high the piece of cover could be. But that's 30%. That's 30, 33% yeah. off the, off the but, model. But, yeah, so but that's now, N3. No, yeah, that's, but that's, now, that's N3 though. No, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how much of the model it covers, so long as the piece of terrain that's giving them the cover is that high. No. Okay. But, but there's... I don't understand why why you're going into this so much because we know that that's not what the rule is going to be. We know what the rule is, right? And the rule is that it's all or nothing. Yeah, I, I, and I not, know and, what the rule is going to be. I don't work at fucking CB. I'm not trying. I'm not saying I'm going to make a change. I'm saying I don't disagree with it. Just like everybody dis- didn't disagree with the 15 model rule. But the the thing right? is, you just all, said- all, uh, the, what what I'm worried about is tags being able to walk across fire lines, right, and always be in cover. Okay, and what I'm, what I'm saying is that in N4, when someone puts together a table, yeah. they won't put it together so that that would be possible. I, 
Because like how, you've still got you've, you've like still got how, touching the piece of terrain as well, right? Yeah. No, but yeah, but the, the tags are so wide that they potentially could do that. Well, don't make, fa- don't make the fact don't make the fire fifty five mil, mil. So like fifty five mil is what that's uh, two and a half inches. So you're saying that every corridor and every table and you ever played on is not wider than two and a half inches. They're always wider than two. They're like at least three to four inches. So there's gonna be a point where a tag will not get cover. Maybe maybe Maggie might in some tables, but then you know she's she's like one unit and one army. Anyway, sorry. I, I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I I liked I liked some granularity in the cover system. I don't like the all or nothing. I respect that. I respect but, that. I I think the point about the silhouettes, unfortunately, like, it, like the, the the fact is, again, having played Code One, it's not really going to be that big of an issue that i've seen at the moment i'm just gonna have to wait and see uh what happens when when it comes out when people are actually able to use tags um if it's abused to to see to see to see if it makes um to see if it makes a difference my prediction for some of the really high-end tags the yodams and stuff i think it really will some of the smaller stuff where AP can affect them a little bit more. I don't know. I think I'll give you one concession. My my brutal cities table I'm building right now. If you were to climb a Yotam on top of the highest building there, it would be in cover. So it'd be like that, like armor thirteen and seeing a lot of the board. But then it's on me as a table designer not to make that possible. Like you can climb on top of it, but you're not. You're still gonna be there's so many other high buildings you're not going to have like a commanding view of the table because everything's going to be behind these buildings hiding and fighting in the streets and the Jotun's just going to stand there going I actually can't see much up here yeah I think the thing that's going to disrupt um, play even something that is to do with the cover rule but what Jacob didn't really touch on was the fact that if you're in an elevated position you're always getting cover mm-hmm so, mm-hmm. so I think right. that's going to have more of an impact. Yeah, than, which will make uh, a, than your imaginary which will make a bunch of people happy. It would make a bunch of people happy who um, were complaining about the fact that you can't take cover from the floor, essentially. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we'll see what happens in in in, in a week's time when we can, uh, or five days time when we can get together and we can play. Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to add to things I don't want to see in N4, but I think what we have touched on previous episodes is something I really don't want to see in N4. And I, I think we've kind of seen it so far when we've seen the MUTs be released and a few of the other profiles is just, I really want to see an end to redundant profiles, like profiles that just serve no purpose or that are so, or one profile that is so obviously the best profile that nobody else takes the other profiles. Um, so like, and you know, an example was like Gazis, right? No one ever took the boring shotgun, but now they've split them all out, and they, they, now there are four, five, yeah, five, mm. very, very useful, very reasonable profiles that that are like five, six, nine, and ten, you know, points. So, um, I'd love to see more of that. Uh, this, the Hack Islam stuff we were reviewing last week, every profile, like. You know, we all had different opinions on what we thought was the best profile. So that's a great sign. Of, rather than like an example, maybe right now is you know you look at like the Mukhtar in Hack Islam, and you're like, well, everyone takes the MSV two profile um, because it's clearly the best profile. I would love to see 
uh, if if not within the Mukhtar itself, but or to, to to see more Hakaslam profiles, that someone can go, oh, I would love to take the Mukhtar, but also this profile is really good too, and it serves a similar role, but it's slightly different. Um, just to kind of again, it shakes up the meta, it shakes up people who, and I'm using that word, but it shakes up the um the the what you define as being valuable in a in yeah. an army. What what if you've got more options and more. Um, le- less of these um, redundant profiles. It, if, if there's less redundant profiles, it means that there's more profiles that are the ones that you want to take. If there's more profiles that are the ones you want to take, that means that the way that you build a list that is what you would consider the best list is going to have could have completely different things to the per- to the next person who also builds a list they think is what it contains the best stuff because nothing in there is particularly super optimized that says that that's the profile I have to take every time. Yeah. Um, an example of a, of, a, of a unit that has been super optimized, um, and I think you might have wanted to talk about this as well, Kev, yes. which is the Liberto, right? If, if that... It's the the fact that as soon as the Liberto came out, every single vanilla army that was not Pano. Pano because they can't get them, every single one would just everybody just happened to have one camo marker or potentially two camo markers on the table because both of those options are super super optimized in 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 so cheap that you would be stupid not to take them. Yeah. No, but exactly. I, I mean, it, I really want to see. I mean, I know it's not going to happen because the model's out and people like it. I really want to see the end of the Libertos. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just boring now. You know, like you never get to a point where you're like, oh, you're playing vanilla. You got two camel markers in the midfield. You got, if you got a regular, yeah, if yeah. you got, if you got in a regular order in your second combat group, cool, okay. So that's there's a Libertos somewhere underneath those camel markers. Um, yeah, just that kind of stuff like i mean i know it'll eventually happen in n4 once we all get used to what's good there will be repetition there will be people who will find the best list and people will copy those kinds of play styles but um you know i just the, more you know more generally i just want to see the end of the libertos i just don't want to see it on the table like i want to see people <laughs> fucking take something else for a change uh, which we which which will only happen if another profile comes out which is as good um or the libertos itself goes up to like 20 points not that it will but as an example, that would be something that might make people take it less. Um, and I guess also the 15 order cap will also have an effect on whether or not it's taken. Mm. Um, yeah, that. And then the other thing is uh, negative negative interactions. So you mentioned it before, uh, Jacob, with the super jump shooting yeah. you from behind. We obviously don't want to see that. Uh, shooting you from within smoke where your only option is to dodge. I mean, that's been cleared up a little bit because you can now always dodge. Um, which is good. And, yeah, so if you're can, if you not, because what that would do before would force you to dodge change face, yes. which meant that you would always just stay in the same spot, whereas if you at least get a movement, then you've got some action you can take. Actually, the, the, um, the Even whole... Even if you can't shoot back. Yes. The, yeah, the whole... Um, uh, like a, a hacker that uses um, stealth. Yeah. Um, when it can't, like that, uh, they can't be detected. So the person has to either make, uh, has to either. So oh, it was. Um, oh, it, you could really see it in the the uh, the Taigan. The what was the holo projector uh, jammer guy? The Ta- Chang'ao. Yeah, Chang'ao. 
Um, the fact that he doesn't have stealth, but he hollow projects means that if you move within eight inches of another model, if they don't declare a dodge change face or uh, whatever, because you're in within eight, they have to um, do nothing. You just get to jam yeah. them for free. What we're talking about here is is forced AROs, right? Yeah. The whole the whole ARO mechanic means that even when it's not your turn, you still have agency. But the issue that we're talking about is when that agency is taken away from you because of certain rules and certain circumstances in the game have meant that you actually only have one thing that you can do, which does nothing at all. So yeah. what we want to see is less of that. We still, we want to see um, that the ARO mechanic used pr- the way that it's supposed to be used to, to, to keep player agency in their reactive turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I'll be I'll be interested to see what they do with the um, the smoke trick with like mad traps. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll the, the one you could do a, the one you could do an ISS where you had uh, high zen and sure. with with the mad trap uh, dude he would run a mad trap out. Um, yeah. Which and they, you they have they to had, react to the mad trap or not at all. But the thing is yeah. with, with, with that with that trick though, it's not that's nowhere near as bad as like the the shooting within zone control no, no, it's, sort of thing it, because it, it's, it's, it's still not. it's still something you can do and it's also something you can only do so many times. It's only you can only do it twice because you have two mad traps, right? Yeah. Um so that's like while that is a negative experience, it's also a limited negative experience and it can only be done with very few models. Um, which I think is yeah. you know, it's also bad. it's also quite can, could be quite order intensive to set that up right because you're having to spend orders to get the smoke there you're having to spend orders to to move the the, the guys around to move in and out of the, this smoke to to be mm-hmm. able to to activate that trigger that ARO if you if you want to do it multiple times and you got to have a a a baggage bot there so you can spending orders to go and and um and and yeah. get more mad traps out of the baggage bot to keep doing it but in the n4 environment you don't have that many orders you don't have 20 order lists anymore mm. yeah to do yeah. to do that all day and, and i think the last time i actually experienced it i went home after the game and had to think about it um uh this was against val and he did it with coordinated orders yes um and when you do it with coordinated orders it Honestly, it makes even more sense for that rule to um, sort of stay in. That's why I said I, it's not that something I don't want to see in N4. I'm just interested to see what happens with it because yeah. I know some people were thought like, oh, it's a bit of a underhanded thing with the mad traps and everything. But when Val did it with a coordinated order, he ran a Quang uh, Shi out from the smoke. Yeah, um, and we know... And to, yeah. to, to me, in a realistic scenario, that's the high end going... Distract the dude so he doesn't shoot me. Uh, yeah. And if you don't shoot the if you don't shoot the Quan Chi, then it's your guy going. Oh, it's just the Quan Chi. I don't need to shoot it. And then suddenly he gets hit in the head by Xian uh, or Haizen or whatever you ever want to say it behind a smoke. Um, so yeah, yeah I, it's not that I don't want to see it. I just want to. I, I, I'm just curious to see what they'll do with it. And it's the thing is, and, and it's a tactic that only really became popular because of like alpha link teams because of like. Terror defense link teams that were a nightmare to kill. Um, that 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 coordinated order trick became apparent. Um, and I think that's just you know that's what we're saying. The advance of the game, the the the, the changing of the game over the last five years. So and similar 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 to your point, um, Nick, where you're talking about the how they've they've pulled the Gazi apart to have um, uh, a bunch of different profiles. What I'm 
enjoying that seeing that may may not uh, we may not see and um uh, won't carry over to n4 is that somewhat anxiety over building a more creative or different list where they've gotten rid of those auto includes and things like the Ghazis, where before it was you took the chain rifle and the jammer one because that was the best. Now it's a choice between, I think it's a choice between smoke and jammers now. Yes, it is. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, well, yeah. there's five profiles and they've all got different kit and they have yeah. all, they've all got uses in their own ways. So yeah. that's exactly what we were saying before. Yeah. So the the ability to say I to feel to the feel freer to choose whatever you want um, now instead of sort of that rut that maybe some armies found themselves in, um, like I mentioned before, like the OSS really worked really well with the Dakinis, and I couldn't really figure out how to get them out of there. Um, a change to the Yardu and points means that I can pick Dakinis or I can pick the Yardus. Do I want something that's maybe harder to shoot at, or do I want and the, but needs more support, or do I want something that's just tougher in general? Yeah, that's the the point I was was, was making. We're, we're making yeah. is just it gives the player hopefully some more options um, rather than just going like. But you know the, the whole game's going to change, so we'll we'll find out in a few days. But that's just what we hope will happen. Yep. Um, anything else, gentlemen? We'll wrap it up. Excellent. I think fair to say we're all pretty freaking excited for this Friday. Yeah, really excited. Like Fresh Saturday. I've uh, as as I guess as, as an addition, I've got. I'm looking at some minis right now um, that have not been painted, and I really want to use them. And um, surprisingly enough, there are two named characters which you reckon should be good, like Ada Swanson, who is like an ITS pack winner. I really want her to be good in N4, and and Nauf, <laughs> As well, who's also a really cool looking model. Um, I want him to be usable in N four because fucking. I just, got, I just got to say, Kev, if you want to, if you want those on the table in our game on Saturday, then you got to paint them because I only want to see painted miniatures. Oh no! For this oh, this no. first IRL Infinity game that we're having um, in N four. There's going to be painted miniatures. I'm going to get. Wait, to it, well. wait you, you guys are actually going to have in in person game? Yeah, Kev's Kev's my uh, Kev's Your my bubble. social bubble. He's my yeah. He's my so he's my he's my support. Um, for my 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 single asset here, all on my own. I need some, need some. Uh, oh, that, need some that, that's a good that's a good point. You because you live on your own, you can you can actually do that social bubble thing. Exactly. So I have a friend around to play games. Yay! Righto. All right, guys. Well, if that's it, we'll uh we'll uh we'll sign off, and um, you'll hear from us next time after N four drops when we're all super excited and or super salty, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, okay, well, you've been listening to The Lost Lieutenant. My name's Kevin. My name's Nick. I'm Jacob. Good night. Good night.